Yeah. Hello, world. Yeah, wanted to get right into it. I appreciate you. We're 17 deep, 40 concurrent listeners, over 600 total plays. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. Uh, I hope you're having a, a wonderful weekend. We made it through a hectic week. A lot of beefs going on. We'll touch on all of it. John Tavares is, he needs a speaking spell, you know, craziness. It's really what we thrive on here. So I had Matt on again, shouts out the kid. By the time you're hearing this, it will be Sunday, the Lord's Day. Go ahead and throw a prayer up for the boys. So yeah, let's get into it. And uh, thanks Matt for joining. I know you just said that you got a basketball hoop for your in-ground pool. So it's taken a lot for you to be here and to do this for us. So I appreciate you, buddy. I do what I can for the people. Well, thank you. And there are more people than ever. The show's growing. Apple, Spotify, we love you. My dog loves you. Let's get right into it. Uh, so to start, the used car salesman looking Hall of Fame horse trainer, Bob Baffert. He put a horse, Medina Spirit, wins the Kentucky Derby. Then it's like, hey, bro, your horse was riddled with anabolic steroids. Okay? Like we found out the day after. Uh he re-enters the horse. It's fine. Same horse for the Preakness, the second leg of the Triple Crown. It gets like fourth, so nobody cares. Probably didn't inject it with steroids this time. Yeah, so Bob Baffert, good old Bobby, uh, he's been temporarily suspended from entering any horses in races at Belmont, Saratoga, and Aqueduct. These are all New York. Again, this pertains to Naira, but these are his home tracks, and this is where I gamble. Like, this is who I rely on if I see Bob Baffert put the money on that guy and now that he's not going to be in probably going to see a lot more competitive horse races here in the northeast but also i mean do you think this like damages his reputation whatsoever or are all these guys just cheating uh i would like to say it damages his reputation but i don't think it will it's not the first time he's had a horse test positive for the roids and i'm pretty sure every single horse owner is doing the same thing so i think it's more an indictment on the sport more than the individual and apparently what it, what the horse Medina Spirit tested positive for was an anti-inflammatory called Bethmazone. Anyway, he had more than double the legal limit allowed. So, all right. So he was smearing that shit all over because I think it was uh, a cream that uh, he got caught with. So, again, do, do we care? Does anyone care? I don't. I'm just a little bit upset that I'm not going to be able to bet on Bobby's horses here at, at Saratoga. Um, have you ever been out to the Saratoga track? have not but i would make a day of it yeah you should come actually because we're planning it this summer because obviously last summer nothing went on so kind of that built up right like the juice is there everybody's frothing to get back so it's actually a good year to come out so we should do that buddy i mean my degenerate ass is gonna look like kramer on seinfeld whenever he was at the otb like one of those Korean, uh, the person that deals the cards, like that that visor, the green visor. Speaking of, we had a buddy that went to the casino this week. Dude, Rivers Casino, which is all over. There's one here locally to us. They have the worst fucking blackjack tables in North America. I, I don't even remember the last time winning a hand there. It's absurd. I've never won any money there. And I really don't even understand largely if that's a good game to even be betting on inside of a casino or not. Either way, I do enjoy betting horses. I think it's good for casuals. The whole culture of it, you know, you got women in sundresses, you got the guys with cigars, you know. It's like 1955, uh, which I love. You're expecting a trolley to fucking roll through there. Good vibes. 
lots of alcohol. Um, but yeah, Bobby won't be there, unfortunately. Now, I don't know if this will affect the entire season, uh, but for right now, he's not allowed on the premises. He's basically being treated like a sexual predator. So do you have anything else you wanted to add to uh, good old Bobby or any horse racing stuff? No, but you got me reminiscing on some blackjack. That's only one of two table games I'm going to hit up at a casino. I do. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Like I, I wouldn't even say intimidated, but I don't really know kind of the other games and to the point where I'm not going to sit there and lose my money while learning. That's just stupid. Blackjack's fun. I get it. It's easy. However, I've been different places. Like, I'm telling you the place locally to me is so bad. I don't even understand it. I play by the rules, and it just gotta, doesn't work. You got to scout the table. You got to watch a couple of hands before you sit down to see what the dealer's doing. Wow, uh, you are a degenerate. Yeah, seriously. I'll stand there. If the dealer's getting all face cards, I'm not sitting down. Oh, my God. Austin I, Riley just hit a home run against your Pirates. You guys are terrible. Hit. Yeah, everyone hits home runs against us, but guess what? I only need us to get 59 or more wins to hit my future. I don't know what futures bet even allowed that to happen. So the baseball for everyone involved is a 162-game season. Matt bet that his team would get 59 wins in that season. That's like the easiest fucking bet ever. No, it's not. Have you seen our team? We suck. Speaking of, you know, I think this might be a good transition. Joe Biden this week was caught whipping around a Ford F-150 all-electric. His infrastructure plan, this big, I don't even know how much it is, bro. Like, is it trillion? Is it billion? It's big. Um, But in that plan, I think $200 is going to be invested here domestically in electric vehicles. So he's trying to show off, which I have stock in Ford. I'm all for it. However... I don't believe my man's was driving that thing. Did you see the video, Matt? I saw the video of him threatening the reporter. I didn't see the video with any of the trucks. Okay, so you're t- this was at the same event? Uh, yes, he was there to help launch, introduce the truck, what have you. Yeah, which is called the F-150 Lightning, by the way. Um, what boomer name? I own an F-150. I might have to sell it now. You know, I can see it working. Like, Ford is the brand to make it work. They already did it with the Mustang. They have an electric Mustang, which I might not be a fan of it, but it's selling well. Dude, why is everyone obsessed to make Biden cool? Quote, the whole press corps was there, probably 50 journalists. He pulled up in front of all the journalists. He looked like Top Gun. He had his Ray-Bans on in this F-150 Lightning, end quote. Like, what? Because he's Grandpa Joe. Yeah, but Grandpa Joe's not cool. Grandpa Grandpa Joe Joe, is senile. Yeah, he talks about, like, inner-city minority children's leg hair. Like, this is not somebody that can compartmentalize and also be cool Joe. Like, it's the same dude. Again, we did give him credit. Because he's like, bruh, like, you know, trust Americans, you don't need a mask, which is good. You know, that is a good sentiment to put out there. Now, you alluded to earlier that outside of him potentially not even driving this vehicle, there were two steering wheels and a security guy was in the front passenger seat. Obviously, you know, chiseled FBI agent, probably like mid-40s athletic. That guy's driving. You know, he's with it. 
that's the guy that you trust. You give the keys to, literally. You know, make sure, uh, make sure Grandpa Joe doesn't kill himself. Um, but you're saying that in this same event, he threatened a reporter. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so he was getting ready to pull away in the F-150 Lightning, and a reporter, female reporter, said, quote, a quick question on Israel since it's so important. And Biden said, no, you can't. Not unless you get in front of the car as I step on it. Did anyone laugh? Oh, yeah. Everyone laughed because it was like, oh, ha, ha, ha. But Joe gets the kid gloves. But I thought that was interesting. And again, I guess long term, you you touched on Israel. It, it, they're they're in a fucking, uh, what, what is it? They're in a peace treaty or some shit. Like, it, it's never going to end, but it, it doesn't appear World War III is going to happen. Kind of boring. And We're now then, in a ceasefire. Right. And for the 47th time since 2000. But again, long-term Ford, pretty dope. I'm into it. Ford recently bought Rivian, which was an independent electric truck company. They're taking that technology, put it in in-house. Again, I do have Ford stock. Go ahead and buy a fucking Ford F-150 electric truck because there's definitely going to be some credits. I hope the government gives us the Tesla treatment, bro. Like, you know, there was, there was for a while there, while Tesla was expensive and it was early on, you got six, $7,000 tax credits to own one. So hopefully they do that for the truck as well. And bro, I'll be fucking whipping one. Let's go back to another potentially washed up, you know, organization, you could say PR kind of as a brand. And that's Tim Tebow. Big news this week. He signed as a tight end with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dude's been out of everything for a while. Um, actually, when I met Matt, we did an internship together at a hockey team. And we actually saw Tim Tebow play for the Mets, double-A affiliate uh, in upstate New York. I think he played okay. Like, that was, you know, he, he's a former NFL player. That was really his comeback. was like, all right, I'm in shape. I played baseball my whole life. Let me try and do that. That recently fizzed out. And at this point, I thought he was going to write a book about Jesus and potentially build homes, you know, in South America. Do what Tim Tebow does, you know, kiss children. He worked out as a tight end, and he's reunited now with former head coach Urban Meyer, who he won a national title with at University of Florida, who is in his first year as head coach with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I actually think I'm going to cop a jersey. He's wearing number 85. Do you think this is a publicity stunt? Like, what do you feel about this? One million percent. PR move. So you don't think he makes the team? Uh, he, I mean, he will probably make the team to further the PR stunt, but it's definitely not. For okay. So ability. you think this is, this is like 40 chess. This is a psyop is what you're saying. This is all a front. It's not because he's talented, you know, not maybe even the locker room stuff. You feel that really just to draw eyes. Yeah, I mean, they need to sell season ticks. Obviously, with Urban Meyer being there, makes it even more intriguing. Right. And with it being in Florida. So this is just to sell ticks, merch. One of the first states to be at full capacity. So like Matt said, yeah, they're probably yearning to use that 100%, right? There's a lot of organizations that are begging their states to allow them. And Florida has the ability to let the Jags, like, go ham, you know? So... Hopefully they can be turned around. Shad Khan, great owner. He has a uh, like villain from a movie type mustache, which that's likable. You know, that's enough because I don't know any of the other owners in the NFL what they look like. 
except for Robert Kraft. And that's based on his mugshot when he was getting handies. Um, I think also in Florida, right? Isn't that what happened um, to Robert Kraft? After that happened, actually, that year, my fantasy football team name was uh, Robin Tug. Yes. So I, that, that did happen. A lot of people, I mean, we're in the Northeast, a lot of Pats fans like to act like, I mean, even as an NFL fan, like I like Kraft, like I, I just, he's old. It's probably awkward for the Asian woman. She wasn't into it. His wife clearly isn't into it because that's why he's doing it. Or his wife's dead. I think she might be dead. Right, B. Support a little out for Robert Kraft's dead wife. Um, but yeah, I actually think Tim Tebow can make the team here in Jacksonville. Why don't you, I mean, their tight end room, if you go ahead and Google it, it's bad. I mean, Tim Tebow projects, uh, like from a physical standpoint, from what I've seen him do on a football field athletically, to be better than all those bums. They're bums. Like, they're really bums. I wouldn't be surprised if the Jags start selling, like, meet and greets at games with fucking Tebow. So I'm going to go to their depth chart right now, okay? I'm going to go ahead and look at tight end. There's a guy here. His name, Chris Manhurts. I don't know who you are, and I've, like, watched football when I shouldn't. I watch stuff that I've already seen before. I might have autism. I don't know who this man is. Next up, James O'Shaughnessy. We're two for two in pool. I don't know who the fuck that is. O'Shag Hennessy. That's not a person. Now, number three is Luke Farrell. That's a draft pick from Ohio State. But he hasn't done shit. He's a fifth-round pick. And then you got Tim Tebow, fourth string. So to me, I see him jumping over Luke, jumping over O'Shaughnessy, potentially splitting time with Manhurts, bruh. I mean, Tim Tebow, from what we understand as well, it's not like he went to that workout, right, and ran a 4.8. I mean, I think he ran like low 4.6s. He, he's in shape. He's got, you know, the fear of the Lord in him. And that goes a long way on the football field. Much like Jake and Elwood Blues, he's on a mission from God. Yeah, and it's not a jihad, though. It could be violent, but I don't see it in the cards for Tim. He, he seems like a nice guy. Another washed-up entity here. Uh, different sport, NHL. Little pivot. We're, we're fucking... Keep your head on a swivel here, me and Matt. We're coming at you from all fronts, okay? John Tavares, captain of the Maple Leafs of Toronto. They're a very successful team. They were really shitty for a long time. Got some draft picks and decided to spend when those draft picks developed. It's come together for them. They were playing the Montreal Canadiens in the first round of the NHL playoffs, which again started last week. It's been, it's been fucking dope. Yeah, if you think we're going to talk about basketball, we're not. Wrong podcast. See you later, buddy, because that shit's boring. But John Tavares is a good guy. He's an older player, been around the league. He was with... New York Islanders for a long, long time, very respected. Uh, me being from New York, I know a lot of those fans, and they, they don't really like him. Uh, he left the Islanders when they gave him a lot of money, and he decided to go to a bigger market. Really wanted to cash in, kind of did the dick thing. And now we're seeing potential godlike karma for this. So in this game in the first round with Montreal, uh, Tavares was in kind of the open ice by the blue line, which is never... You know, the context of this, it's never going to lead to something good. And from what I understand, he had to be stretchered off. Uh, he got hit in the head somehow. It's, it's a concussion type thing. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and watch the video because, again, I haven't seen it since it happened. Oh, and there is a ad for Geico Insurance, so we must wait. How to get those sponsorship dollars in. 
And all these commercials are the same now. They're all like either Apple or they try to be like Old Spice and make you laugh. It's like, for one, you're not a MacBook, so stop. And two, you're not funny, so please stop. Oh my God, now there's one for the Discovery Plus. Jesus Christ. Do you have Discovery Plus? No. Okay, all right. It was what just a question. What am I going to watch on Discovery Plus? Uh, 90 Day Beyonce? No, that's on... I have HGTV, so no, I don't need Discovery Plus. That's on TLC. Get your fucking daytime... I know it's not your demo, but get it right. I watch them sometimes. I watch TLC, dude. It's fucking great doggle at all the weirdos. I mean, that's the whole point of that channel, is it's like weird obsession, weird boil, weird person. Like, this person has a third arm. That's exactly why we watch My 600-Pound Life. It's a great show. Yeah, and then there's the thousand pound sisters, and the one sister literally has like a shelf of fat on her brain, like it's above her eye, like her eyebrows. It's really something I've never seen before. Um, I hate to say it, but there's a uh, there's one commercial for my six hundred pound life, and every time it's this fat broad getting out of a minivan, and she like trips and just face plants and, and falls that's and what they die every time. Yeah, this is what they use as promotional material, right? They're not, like, they could have used any other time of her walking, and they choose when she's, like, gripping on the side of the minivan, right? Like, it's tipping, the suspension's lifting, like, the worst possible angle of her. Then they show her subsequently just falling. And it's, like, coming this fall. You know, women watch it to make themselves feel better about themselves, which is fine, because... I guess it's human nature, right? As a kid, you're told not to stare because you stare at weirdos and weird things. Um, now, the John Tavares video is... I'm going to watch it right now. It just looks like he got hit or whatever. But I will say... There was the initial hit, which was fine. No harm, no foul. And then Corey Perry comes along and he's trying to get out of the way. And Tavares is on the ice and... Corey Perry's knee makes contact with his face. Dude, he's like fucked up. He's like dead. They're like getting like mad people onto the ice. Did you see him? He was limp. He's gonna need a speaking spell, dude. This is bad. Just show the replay. Okay, here's the replay. So he takes an initial hit from Shabbat at the blue line. And as he falls, his head turns from the momentum. And as he opens to turn, his face connects with a player skating at full speed at the puck. So it's basically need ahead. Right. Um, so what's yeah, funny is deceased. you started off, you started off that segment talking about Tavares leaving the Islanders and uh, the New York fans here hating him. So one of my friends is a Islanders fan. She sent me a screenshot from her father and he said, Tavares is such a wimp. Yeah, he's like, that guy's a pussy. And then he sees, like, there's blood coming out of his mouth. And hit he's his like, face, oh. and you're like, oh my God, he's paralyzed. And John Tavares has been really an icon of the league, similar to Marlowe, where, you know, there's memes of him with, with players on the team, like getting Chick fil A with the kids, you know, with, with these older players' kids and stuff. Like, this is, this is the last person you want to see this happen to. But again, some fans, they don't care. Uh, the Islanders really needed him at the time, and he decided to leave. So at that point, fuck his life. And you know the piece of shit Islander fans saw that and cheered immediately. Yeah, even the drunk ones were like, oh, I hope he's dead. I mean, it happens with me, dude. Like, 
you know, if any game potentially has any context to it where it's important, really with the Rams, football, anytime that ball snapped, I am, you know, I'm calling for the legs to be broken of the opposing quarterback. I mean, every time, without fail. Now, John Tavares, again, speak and spell may be a thing. However, according to this article, they confirm that there is no structural damage to his head, neck, and spine. So maybe he is just a pussy, right? I mean, maybe that guy has a point because there's really nothing wrong with you, buddy. Just get over it. He is concussed. But otherwise, and then he has some, got some sort of knee injury out of that also. What a boomer. He gets hit in the head and blows his knee out. Uh, Last topic here with Matt. Again, he has to skedaddle. He has to go ahead, get some sunshine, get in that pool. Doctor's orders. Um, I wanted to talk about baseball because it's going on. And again, it is not basketball. So it gets covered on this show. Uh, Season is about, I think, a third of the way over almost. Um, We're like 50 games in. We're seeing weird stuff going on. Okay, boys. Uh, This article I have here from ESPN. MLB hopes offensive numbers perk up after historically rough April. So we've seen, I think, like five or six no-hitters already. Um, And... This article was put on May 1st, so at the beginning of the month. From what I understand, it's continued. There's been, I think, two no-hitters this month. But Major League batters are hitting 230. Uh, And this is down from 252 in 2019. And last year in 2020, it was a record low of 237. So, you know, not good. This is stuff that hasn't been seen since uh, they lowered the pitcher's mound. So the mound used to be higher, from what I understand. Or it was lower. Who gives a shit? But once they made that change, it helped the batter. Potentially, we're going to have to see something like that happen again because, I don't know, man. Spending a lot of money going to a baseball game and having it be like 2 nothing that's kind of whack. I don't mind the quickness aspect of it, but yeah, at the same time, you want to see offense. I don't want to go out there and see Garrett Cole toss 14 strikeouts over six innings it's turned it's really bad. Uh, yeah, we're at six no-hitters already for this year. We're not even through May. So the sh- strikeouts are way up. Home runs are down. Hits are down. I w- I'm actually surprised I was doing some research for this, and um, there hasn't been a perfect game since Felix Hernandez in 2012, which actually shocked me, but... Damn, um, that's a long time. And looking that up, though, are do you know who threw the first perfect game and for what team? In all of baseball? Yes, that's correct. And are we talking like pre-writing shit down with a pen and pencil? Or like, what, what are we talking about here? Like modern era? No, we're talking all the way back. Oh, Babe Ruth. Nope. It was, it was oh, Lee Richmond in 1880. And what... What made me laugh about this is it lists the team name as well. And he was playing for the Worcester Worcesters. Jesus Christ. Did we go no off on a tangent though? here? That's fine. No, nope. bad. No, it's fine. No beer. I, I think is a little ridiculous though. When did they institute beer? That that's a better question. What is that? I don't know. Alliteration. I mean, peers and pontific like peers podcast. We're about the alliteration train here, baby. But uh, that's a little ridiculous. Um, now, that was intentional, I assume. Did they have multiple years? Why don't you go ahead and pull up the team? Like, did, was that just a typo? Did they fix it the next year to, like, the Warriors? 
or was it just forever? Let's see. Worcester, Worcesters. Name. Let's go to always trusty <laughs> Wikipedia. You have to. Was a 19th century Major League Baseball team from 1880 to 1882. Had a good run there in the National League. <laughs> Had a good run of three years. Because even the league back then was like, that's retarded. That's stupid. <laughs> the team is referred to at times as the Brown Stockings or the Ruby Legs. What is going on? Those are not even the same color, bro. <laughs> well, their colors were ruby and brown. They and had Worcesters. This is three, four. Is this they've had six managers. They had six managers in a three-year span. So a lot of turmoil, a lot of turnover going on in War at the Worcester Worcesters. Who'd have thought, Matt? Holy is... shit. Oh, the National League was interested in Worcester as a potential replacement for this failed Syracuse Stars franchise. Of course. Shout out Syracuse. Yeah, of course. Substate New York just fails. Speaking of, actually, another team left the Capital Region here. Uh, outside of Albany, there was a team, the Troy, or they were like the Albany Valley Cats or whatever. They were a single-A team for the Houston Astros, which is fucking weird because it's the you know entirely opposite side of the country. Uh, they packed up and left this past year. So a lot of shit leaving New York, you know? Oh, my God. This gets better. Um, so Lee Richmond threw the first perfect game in Major League history against the Cleveland Blues. But it says here, the Worcester Club impacted the National League in that it was instrumental in having the Cincinnati Reds expelled from the league after the season due to violations of the league rules against selling beer at the ballpark so yeah baseball i think back in the day was like super religious you know they took that shit seriously like and then i guess the reds were just like fuck it you know they're right across that's in cincinnati right across the river from kentucky they don't play that you know oh, this... these, these these are people that have money and decide to make moonshine in their spare time which is incredibly dangerous um badass though this bum this, bro but this does mention the troy trojans the Worcester team was dropped from the league after the 82 season because Worcester was seen as too small to support Major League Baseball. Um, and again, though, this is eight, he says 82 season. This is 1882, not so the Their last two games of the season were against Troy, who was also expelled from the NL for the same reasons. Uh, they drew six and 25 fans. In those last two games, why even count at that point? Well, who counted six? Did that include like, I guess the statistician? Yeah, like right, the statistician, the the guy that calls the game. You know, there's like two of those guys. Then another guy to write down what's happening. Because Maybe that's to me, a topic again, for next week. I guess so. Um, back on track though, strikeouts have averaged nine per team per game which is on pace to set a record for the 13th consecutive season. So, dude, maybe this is inspiring the next generation to play baseball because it's going to be fucking easy to make it because all you got to do is, I don't even know, hit like 220 because nobody's successful at the major league level at hitting the fucking baseball, apparently. Also, the 309 on-base percentage, lowest since uh, 1968. So Even, even Nolan Ryan is pissed off at all the strikeouts. Yeah, and that's the strikeout king. Um, 
he played until he was like 49 years old. But when you play that long, you strike out a lot of people. So I guess he has a, a leg to stand on there. From my perspective, again, I do love baseball. I think the marketing and everything for it, the integration with stuff online has gotten better and better. Uh, However, with... Rob okay. Manfred is by far the worst commissioner in sports. And what do you know? He's from New York. Yes, he is terrible. Very, very Not bad. Um, speaking to this real quick to sign off, last thing we can touch on with baseball is I, I watched a video on YouTube, went down a rabbit hole, okay? This video was talking about how a lot of players in baseball, a lot of pitchers, are using banned substances, and they're cheating, right? Scuffing the ball, using pine tar, whatever the fuck it is. Extracurricular stuff on top of um, what we just talked about with batting averages and the advantages that pitchers have. So that, if you think about it, if it really does come out that that's contributing to this, that's a huge fucking issue, dude. You have tons of pitchers around the league cheating. That's a huge scandal. I mean, in no other league, right, in NHL and anything else do we see like widespread, like traceable cheating. I mean, the Houston Astros stuff wasn't that long ago, bro. So are you saying Eddie Harris from Major League was cheating? I guess. I don't know who the fuck that is. Eddie Harris, Major League. He was using uh, Crisco, Bardol, and Vagisil. Are you saying he was cheating? Putting a little extra spin on the curveball there? By today's standards, yes. And that video went on to talk about how spin rate is more important than velocity change. And, you know, the the deviation between adding 400 RPMs or, you know, 400 spins to your rotation of a pitch is more effective in striking out batters than adding 10 miles an hour. So these substances directly contribute to spin rate, right? If you put pine tar on your hand, it doesn't all of a sudden make you throw 109 miles an hour. Like, that's dumb. What it does do is give you an advantage from a grip perspective to be able to torque a ball or do things that other people obviously aren't allowed to do. Yeah, Rob Manfred, also bad teeth. Bro, you got a bag. Like, go ahead and get your teeth fixed. I don't like looking at you. He just sucks in general. I mean, he needs to go. We got to figure out what's going on with pitchers and strikeouts and this kind of shit. We got a lot of problems in baseball. We got ways to go to fix it. Chicks dig the long ball. I'm saying bring back the roids. Bring back the metal bats. Let's bring the fields in as well. 100 more feet. That's what I'm talking about. And potentially, too, let's lead to some violence on the base paths. I'm talking about Pete Rose like dislocating his shoulder, running into a catcher who has an alcohol problem in the early 70s. Like I'm talking about that. I want some collisions. I want spikes in the knee, potential MCL-type kicking in. That's stuff that draws eyes. That's what I'm into. And I think Matt would agree with me in that 100%. Yeah, I'm a hockey guy, so let's get some fisticuffs going. It is, which we posted on the channel this week on Instagram. Again, follow us on Instagram, um, at Pierce Podcast. Five-year anniversary since uh, Jose Bautista got punched in the face in Texas. So we put that up. Iconic moment. Good for MLB, and it's something that we all remember. So... Oh, there we go. I lost you for a second there. Oh, why don't you go ahead and... I was just saying, why don't you go ahead and sign off. Do your little sign off. Ooh. Whatever you want to do. Well, you know what? We had a good weekend here. Chelsea survived today, uh, despite losing to Ashton Villa, and I almost threw my remote at the television. We still made okay. top four. Champions League next season. Thank you, God, for Tottenham. You'll never hear me say that again. 
We got a lot of degenerate things coming up. Yeah, lots of sports, a lot of gambling, a lot of UK stuff. That's not very degenerate, though. That is, that's classy. Soccer is classy. They call it football, but that's fucking stupid. They also put beans on their bread and call that breakfast. Nobody's into that. Um, so, yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, probably have a couple more segments. Kwame Brown, probably a name uh, nobody's heard in a long time. I haven't said the fucking name Kwame. Maybe it's been a decade, right? Fun name, though. Fun. I like it. like the vibe. Former number one overall pick. Drafted by the Wizards and Michael Jordan when he owned the team at the time, also the GM. He was at the twilight of his career. He was in his early 40s. And really, he drafted Kwame out of high school. He was the last first overall pick to be taken directly from high school and go to the NBA. Now there's that, you know, weird archaic one and done type thing where kids feign like they're getting an education and really just you know take a bag of money from a recruiter and uh, hang out for 10 months it's a good gig but he's recirculated recently um there is a podcast it's pretty shitty it's called all the smoke it's with former nba players uh steven jackson matt barnes and supposedly they talk about drama within the nba stories behind the scenes and they really like know what's going on uh, they also are connected to other players around the league, one of whom has a day job on an ESPN show that talks basketball called The Jump. And this show, whether or not you watch ESPN, whether or not you watch basketball, which might you might not fucking do because it's whack. But if you do, then you know what I'm talking about. And on this show, they shit on Kwame. They called him a bust. Um really out of nowhere. I think it was just one of the segments. Again, I didn't watch the show because it's terrible. This led to Kwame making a YouTube channel out of nowhere and posting a 90-minute long manifesto-esque clapback at all the Smoke Podcast and the Jump television show, basically putting him on blast, saying, like, how am I a bust? Like, I was from the free lunch program. Like, my dad was a piece of shit. He left me on the railroad tracks literally when I was a child and was like, if you're a man, you can, you'll figure it out. Like he's telling these stories on YouTube and it's like, Oh shit. Like that's a terrible person. And Kwame came from nothing. And he's saying, how am I a bus? Like, how are you insulting me? Tearing down like a, a black man on television owned by a white company, right? I mean, these are the same people, all the smoke podcasts, these people associated that have been talking shit about Kwame have been outspoken activists about what's going on recently in the world in social justice. And he's saying, how can you go on television at a company owned by white people and shit on me, a black man calling me a bust when I got drafted first overall at a high school, put, bought my mama a house, you know, like I'm in the hall of fame in my high school. I have an action figure made after me. I was able to, to get the key to the city where I grew up. And he's opened up multiple recreation centers and uh, like, you know, youth type programs for inner city kids to get mentorship, etiquette, arithmetic, really get the stuff that they need that maybe they're not getting at school and they're definitely not getting hanging out on the street. To actually see behind the scenes of like, yeah, you're shitting on Kwame for no reason. Like this dude did nothing to you. You're actually shitting on his career. Um, and you have a platform to do something like, have you, what youth centers have you put together? Matt Barnes, you know, lady from the jump. If a bust is somebody that was able to be a millionaire, uh, get the key to the city, (laughs) 
you know, playing the league for 12 years and buy their mama a house on a golf course at 18, like then I want to be a bust, bro. Like, let me be a bust. I would sign up for that any day of the week. So yeah, our fucking savage of the week is, uh, is Kwame Brown. Shouts out you, buddy. I hope you hear this. Keep putting that energy out there. And again, go ahead on YouTube. I think his uh, YouTube channel is like Kwame Brown Bust Life. And uh, he's probably posting right now. And that's pretty much it. I've talked enough. I mean, I'm a narcissist and I've heard enough of my voice for today. I'm done, right? Enough topics. Hopefully y'all enjoyed it. If you're listening to this point, like you're, I fucking love you. Like I really do. The show's growing. Thanks for rocking with us. The world's crazy. So we'll have some topics for next week. Absolutely. We'll be here. We'll be talking to you. Peace. Thank you.